you everyone for rejoining us in this conversation with Brianna, Matthew, Emma and Tessa. As a reminder, the University of Alberta respectfully acknowledges that we are located on the Treaty 6 territory, a traditional gathering place for diverse indigenous people, including the Cree, Blackfoot, Metis, Inuit and many others whose histories, languages and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community question is what sustainability topics are common in your faculty and if there is any faculty specific resources available to pursue these topics i'm gonna ask tessa yeah i feel like this question is a bit of a loaded question coming from the faculty of ales because the faculty of ales is really interesting in that the programs it covers goes from all the way from like environmental conservation all the way to like fashion business management or nutrition or forestry or agriculture or animal health so there's a lot of variety in I guess what sustainability topics come up for different students so like or human ecology even so that could be like sustainable relationships or it could be just like sustainable fashion systems or cyclical fashion or yeah for me and for a lot of nutrition students I think what comes up is I think it's a lot about like the food and the nutrition side of things um how that can not only impact everybody's lives something that I learned in a public health nutrition class is that we kind of operate on this life course theory so we, we kind of believe that your health and like your accumulation of disease risk starts preconception. It starts with your parents. It starts with like whoever birthed you. And then it starts with their parents. So it's really not that like if your parents were not in great health, like that doesn't mean you're going to be in like horrible health. It just means that what we kind of operate under is this idea that we need to have these systems that support people in a holistic manner with their spiritual, mental, physical, emotional health in order to ensure that your accumulation of risk is not increasing at an unnecessary rate, if that makes sense. So for me specifically, I think that these ideas of sustainability come from a a really systemic perspective. We're looking at these systems, we're looking at who operates these systems and why are they operated like that and what can we do differently right now and what can we do differently in the future. And I think it gets a little bit more complicated as you go along because then you're like looking at these systems and these global food systems and you're kind of having to essentially do like a cost benefit analysis like okay, there's emissions being emitted from flying food out from, you know, like the Eastern Hemisphere. But if we were to try and grow these foods here, then we would have to use some like really aggressive production, I guess, production inputs, or we would have to like completely deforest this area to get access to that soil or you know there's a lot of like cost benefit analyses that are ongoing with these systems so unfortunately again I can't really speak too much for my entire faculty um, because it is just so it's so varied and I think faculty of ales is really lucky to have such an enriching 
experience, but unfortunately, I just, I can't speak on behalf of everybody. So I hope it's okay that I only talked about nutrition. That being said, the faculty specific resources that come to mind, I don't even know if these are faculty specific. I think the agriculture and forestry center building has like this greenhouse on top. There's like so much going on in there. Um, there's a lot of like biofuels research going on in that building. So I think the Agriculture Forestry Center building as a whole is really cool and it's a really cool resource, good place to study as well. Um, and I think that there's also, don't quote me on this, this may be incorrect, but I believe that the Faculty of Ales also runs like community gardens and South Campus. In order to pursue these topics, the resources that come to mind for me are um, the FAO, so the Food and Agriculture Organization from the UN, and then the World Bank to kind of get a better understanding of like the financial systems. I guess if you were interested in learning more, taking a class or using the University of Alberta Library. Thank you very much. I'm from ALES as well. Yeah, the topics that are common in ALES faculty is pretty much covered. Uh, thank you so much again. Now I'm gonna ask Matthew. Campus Saint-Jean is a really good example for sustainability. At our campus we have, like I said, we have green certification for all of our labs. We have a community garden out behind our buildings and we even have here on our website what I've just found, which even I didn't know, we have these little boxes of energy evaluations that you can rent out from the library. So it's a, a box to evaluate your energy consumption. And it contains a, it's all in French. So unfortunately, I, the translation is going to take me a little longer than I would like to. But, you know, some amp meters and some other things to use in your house and to evaluate your electricity consumption. Then you just return it back to the uh, to the library. And, you know, I feel like that's a really good resource just for all of us, again, to evaluate our sustainability in our everyday lives. Online, we do have some of the things. We have this, this, it's a publication about sustainability all in French by our sustainability kind of, I'm not going to say council, but our sustainability group, Campus Saint-Jean, who, who release the, these little detailed documents illustrating ideas about sustainability for a, a, a primarily French audience, just because having that resource, you know, most of our resources are in English. So having Campus Saint-Jean means we can translate that and allow these ideas to become more prominent in different communities. Other than that, we of course have access to the sustainability certificate program. We have sustainability scholars and just all the, uh, all the sustainability council stuff is the same at Campus Saint-Jean. Thank you very much, Matthew. Now I'm going to talk with Emma. All right. So um, I, again, I think going paperless is something that's very much kind of promoted, but I think overall it's very major, minor specific. So like, for example, concepts of using sustainable methods for making art in the fine arts or using sustainable uh, materials to make this art. Personally, I haven't seen a lot of resources like marketed towards me as an art student like others said there is some available but I think being in the faculty of arts like again they're just not really marketed and I think this is quite unfortunate because it really like highlights this lack of resources overall 
Thank you. Okay, so Brianna, do you have any thoughts on the current state of sustainable innovation in Canada, like any specific technologies, policies, etc.? Is this something that you feel like you can have an impact on, like in the future? Oof, that's a huge question. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm in a in a position as an expert by any means to address that, but from my students' perspective and where I'm located in this moment, you know, we just had a, a federal election. We saw the Green Party of Canada with Annamie Paul as a woman in leadership, and the it didn't really go very well. You know, so I mean, I'm not, I don't have an opinion about this other than to say that didn't go very well, <laughs> which is unfortunate. So I think as far as like, we have a, a climate policy, I'm sure we have an entire ministry, the prime minister, I think at the moment is in, he's at the COP, the COP at the moment to talk about climate change. I know in Edmonton, we had, you know, Greta Thunberg, she's a very outspoken youth. And, you know, there were some movements all across the world, the youth on the news, even just yesterday, you know, they are taking up the cause of sustainability and climate change and, you know, trying to make a difference and trying to be politically active. In my one community service learning course, we're learning about slacktivism, for example, and that's just sort of being active, but sort of more passively. And it's more complicated than that as well. But I think as far as my opinion on, you know, some of those, some of the policies or systemic initiatives or, you know, all the moving parts all at once, you know, I, I don't know. I think that there is science, obviously, to, to demonstrate that, you know, icebergs are melting. The coastal communities in the world will feel the impact. Canada and the U.S. as the promised, I think, to smaller countries or smaller communities that will, you know, bear the brunt, really, of, of, of those impacts, I think, from yeah, I think there's there's just so much. I don't I don't quite know how to how to land on a specific answer. I think it's too big a question for me at the moment. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now, Tessa, there's a couple things. I don't know if they're primarily in Canada. There is like, and from a nutrition perspective, you know, like lab grown meat, dairy without dairy. Like, there a company in the U.S. actually made like dairy proteins for like ice cream and other foods but like completely without any like cows involved which is really cool so like in terms of like the food innovation I think there's a lot of things happening whether or not I know about them and whether or not they're specifically in Canada that's kind of left up left up to the universe to decide but in terms of policies I think I have a little bit of a controversial take on on policies in Canada where I just I actually I don't even know if it's controversial. I just don't feel that enough is being done um specifically in regards to climate change and yeah, I think that I mean by no means is this an original take, but I think that reconciliation with indigenous peoples is should be like the priority and I think that climate action and reconciliation are very linked and I don't think that there's enough being done right now in Canada and I don't know if in the next little bit um, anything will be done however I will recommend a book um, it's called the Reconciliation Manifesto it's a very very well-written book and 
Yeah, I think that it kind of outlines my thoughts a little bit better than I can I can say here. But I'm hoping that I guess in the future, in my future, I hope to be working in public health and working in like global food systems. I'm hoping that I can help provide insight onto like the policies and, you know, like promote a more aggressive approach to climate action through my lens of agriculture and nutrition. But in terms of like, you know, like food innovation and everything, that's way, (laughs) that is way out of my realm of expertise. However, I'm very excited to see, to see what, like what comes up. I just had another thought. So I'm familiar with these things called the sustainable development goals. And they were previously called like the, the millennium development goals. But the idea is that there's like 17 goals. And this is a United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs. And so the idea is that all these countries came together and they sort of decided on, you know, these 17 goals. And so they're, they're kind of grouped into these categories. And so, so there's poverty. And number two is hunger. Number three is good health and well-being. Number four is education. Number five gender equality and then there's six clean water and sanitation seven affordable and clean energy eight decent work and economic growth nine industry innovation and infrastructure uh 10 reduced inequalities 11 sustainable cities and communities number 12 responsible consumption and production 13 is climate action 14 is life below water 15 is life on land, 16 is peace and justice and strong institutions, and 17 is partnering for the goals. So the idea is that all of the countries came together and decided that these are the priorities, right? And so they have these things called the target indicators. And so a lot of, I think, corporations and a lot of people have done a lot of really important work in taking, say, goal one and five, being poverty and gender equality, for example, and done an analysis between between those two goals specifically to at least create or chart a path or chart the work between those two points. And so if there's 169 of them, I just was on the website, for example, like where are we in that process? And they're called the SDG goals, but they were previously the millennium goals. And so I think there's lots of different ways of looking at, at that. So I think if, you know, there's 17 different lenses that we're trying to articulate all at the same time, of course, it's not going to, you know, be articulated properly. But I think where we are with what we can do, I think, having this frame as the SDGs is, is kind of a helpful way about thinking about all of those things. Thanks. Thank you so much for this totally new perspective to the conversation. And as far as I know, the Millennium Development Goals are actually like a different set of goals that were previously adopted by the nations that are under are included in the United Nations. And when the countries successfully fulfilled those goals, then uh, they decided to introduce like a new set of goals. Those were like termed as the sustainable development goals. And the whole point of just adapting these goals or like just fulfilling this goal is to move towards a more sustainable earth and a more sustainable society as a whole. I think that's a really good perspective. You're very welcome. I would just also add that I know that the University of Alberta has their own um, U of A SDGs. And so Michelle Kim, who I think works 
works in the SU sustainability office. She was the founder of the U Alberta SDGs. So I think that's another resource. It's not specific to to arts, but it, it is a, a resource on campus. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay, now I'm going to move to Matthew. That is quite a big question. And one of the most important things about talking about sustainability on such a global scale is that you're going to end up becoming depressed when you think about it too much. And that's just a fact. If you look at it and you keep seeing hundreds of reports that say, oh yeah, the earth is going to die. Oh, the atmosphere is burning. We are melting the ice caps. There's no way of looking at it that you can't be upset, but that doesn't mean you can't be optimistic. And Brianna, I think, brings out this really good point with those sustainability goals. And as I was listening to them, you know, I kind of noticed sustainability, while there are sustainability goals, it's not a a one-step process and it's not like top of the list. You know, the first one she mentioned there was poverty. And you think, well, surely we should care more about reducing carbon emissions and preserving the planet. But the truth is that there are these things that are bigger problems right now. We have people who barely have access to water, barely have access to food. And how can we sit here and focus on reducing carbon emissions while other people are suffering? So anyways, that's just like a a brief look at how big of a problem this is and the fact that there is no one solution to this. It's a global problem that has it requires cooperation between every single aspect of human society from economics to food production to education to everything as for actually making a difference it's it's really difficult to think that we can make a difference but i started this year thinking oh maybe i should start getting more active you know i'd like to participate more in student union i'd like to participate more in other activities and since then i've become a part of all these different extracurricular activities and i i feel like i'm making a difference and even if i'm not making a difference on a global scale at least i'm helping with my community and i'm changing people around me so while you know putting solar panels on the students union building might not solve the climate crisis it'll help it'll it'll give me a chance to do my part and that's really all that we can ask of people so no matter how depressed you get and looking at how devastating the outcomes might be of this crisis just remember that it's not all being taken care of by you if you do your part we can only hope that the other seven eight billion people on the planet will do theirs thank you thank you very much i definitely agree with you because if all of us does our part keeping the planet sustainable and making choices that are good for the environment or good for earth in a whole um, then i believe it is very it would be very easy to move towards fulfilling the sustainable development goals or like we personally set any goals for ourselves to introduce sustainability or to maintain sustainability in our life thank you so much i'm gonna move to emma so i'm definitely tying into what a lot of people other people have said already but i think starting off large is kind of it seems very intimidating but i think it's a really important step we need to take like For example, a lot of Indigenous communities in Canada still don't have clean water. And I think from a sustainable perspective, that's something that we really need to focus on. And of course, like we can always start off with small things. So like things such as greenwashing and introducing policies that, you know, kind of define what 
all natural really means or what eco-friendly means, starting with these larger things will help us achieve these smaller goals, I think, much faster. And myself personally, as a history student, it seems kind of daunting to think about sustainability. But I think with Indigenous communities, you know, learning about these histories and these former sustainable methods that they had within their communities is something that I could really focus on, you know, like almost in a sense rewriting history from a non-European or non-colonizer perspective could help think about more sustainable methods and, you know, what these communities actually really need. Thank you very much, Emma. And that was our last question. If you guys have any additional thoughts or questions, you can please go on. It is really appreciated that you do. Well, I'll jump in. I think also just as a last thought, like we're in the middle of a COVID, like world global pandemic, which, you know, is, it's, it's a terrible situation, but it's also shedding light on where there are people and animals, communities and environments. And like, where are these big, massive gaps and where are all of these barriers and all this discrimination and different positionalities and things? And, you know, like in the traditional sense, they're not very equitable, right? They're not very equal or equitable, even though that is one part where to focus. So I think just in thinking about, we saw in the first wave um, of COVID where, you know, the long-term care homes and things, you know, and I don't know that that's particularly sustainable, how, how we saw that. And so there, there's a lot of meaningful changes and acknowledgement that, you know, that that didn't go very well. And that didn't look right. <laughs> it certainly didn't feel right. You know, and I think there are some changes that are being made because of that. So how do we be more proactive or how do we learn from from what we're being taught now or what we're experiencing or what we're learning or like what what others are showing us or you know what are our senior people or and also people who experience disabilities whether they be physical or you know whatever like I think there's there's still so much to learn there and I think there's still a lot of shame and stigma around speaking up but I think it's important to do that and to advocate and to find spaces where you can advocate or even acknowledge to to point that out you know, to, because we're, we're kind of all, all in it together, sort of like, even though we're in different ships and the same storm kind of thing, like we're all in different ships and the same storm. So I think, yeah, I think as far as sustainability, like mental health and yeah, really, really trying to learn and to advocate for others, I think is a really important role, you know, thing to do on campus and in our communities generally. Thank you so much, Brianna. I, believe what you said was absolutely relatable I relate with that and I feel like we had a really nice conversation in general I think if we all do our parts properly then I believe we can move towards a sustainable future move towards a sustainable world thank you everyone for sharing your thoughts and ideas with us about sustainability I had a really nice conversation with all of you and I got to learn a lot of things as well I feel like that I absolutely agree with the fact that we should play our parts in order to maintain or incorporate sustainable approaches or sustainable 
activity sustainability in general in our um, daily activities in our daily life only then we can ensure a sustainable world uh, for us and for our future generation thanks to the listeners who listen to our podcast and please look for our future episode have a nice day